I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) Welcome to Frank Film Club. The film club where anything goes and everyone's welcome. Take one. Hello everyone and welcome back to Frank Film Club, your new favourite podcast where anything goes and everyone's welcome. Today, myself, Maisie and my two friends, Hannah and Lowry, will be chatting about the film, The 40-Year-Old Version. Now, I first saw this film earlier this year when it came to Netflix. I sat down with my boyfriend in the depths of the lockdown and we had the best time watching Rada Blank spit fire bars and it kind of made us want to spit fire bars also. Uh, The movie came out in 2020 and it premiered at Sundance Film Festival. It was filmed in New York and it was written, directed and produced by Rada Blank and it's loosely based on her life. So, everyone, what did you think? I also watched this quite a while back with my boyfriend. I felt like when I was watching it the first time, I didn't enjoy it as much as the second time when I watched it on my own because I think I was conscious of the style and the story and I just knew that it wasn't what he's into. Watching it on my own, I was like, I really, really love this film. Um, And I've just never seen this story on film before i watched it in the depths of lockdown also and the first watch i really liked the premise of it i really liked that we were watching her and her story um but i think i appreciated it more the second time that i watched it there was a couple of things the first time i watched it there was like oh i don't know um mainly with some of the acting but the second watch i fully came to appreciate everything together as a whole and I just I just think it's really hidden in Netflix and it needs some shout in out mm-hmm. yeah what I love about this movie is that it's written uh from Rada's perspective and it's sort of loosely based on her experiences and her life um and it's rare that you get to see a movie centered around a 40 year old woman and I just wondered in comparison to other 40 year old female characters that you see on screen how does this one compare well, she's not a joke. <laughs> she She's not a joke. She's not dowdy. She's not anything that we're so used to seeing for this age bracket. We, we're not there to feel sorry for her. We're just seeing into her life and um, it's not something that we get to see a lot. Absolutely. And also there's not that many other films that do have a 40-year-old woman as their main character. They just don't exist. Like the only one... I can think of right now is like this is 40 which is <laughs> yeah which is about the couple and it is a comedy and it's like and I don't think that is 40 so yeah there's really not many people many characters to compare it to I 
was kind of surprised at how many of the things that she raps about that I really connected with. I know my mum and like I know a couple of other like women who were over 40 but I don't really get to have candid conversations about what that's like. When you're 40 it just seems like you seem like you feel very differently to how I feel as someone in their 20s but like when she's rapping and when she's talking about all these things I was like I relate to all of this. Why did I think I wouldn't have anything in common with you and I loved that I could just connect with her. I genuinely think that as soon as I turned 30 I always thought of older people as other I probably because I didn't think of myself as an adult but now I can look back on my 20s I'm here in my 30s and the 40s don't feel so far away so actually all of the ages going up now apart from maybe being like much older doesn't feel like so other whereas when I was in my 20s it definitely did so I can see what you mean with that for sure because of the lack of characters like in that in-between stage like you are young and in your prime and then you're like a bitter mum it makes you feel as like a young woman like I need to have it figured out because it's over for me soon yeah and like that's wrong we shouldn't feel that way we shouldn't have to feel that way at all yeah because I think I feel like whenever I do think of a 30 or 40 year old woman I'm like oh kids mum it's a mum that's the only character that you do see really and that's not true on the flip side of that if they're in a film and they don't have kids a lot of the time they're portrayed in that they're like off the rails or that they have lost their marbles that that is like their flaw yeah that that's their flaw exactly and that's what i mean about her character rada's character she's not a joke like she's still a creative being who is looking for fulfillment and has to deal with expectation and yeah it's i want more of this please i think like in the opening movie maybe it's her friend uh who says like black female writers are like in right now um and it's just strange that like rada like her talent and like her stories are seen as like a commodity and like in right now and like a hot thing to uh produce or to like put on um but she's just telling like her life story and she's just because she's a black female like it's seen as like an activist woman who's like giving her side of the story and actually she's just talking about what it's like to be 40 which is like every person every gender and every race like knows what she's talking about and it's like not a political statement yeah yeah and it's like the these white producers feel uh, they they like uh, want to tell these stories because partly because it makes them feel cultured and because it makes them it seems like the hot thing to do at the time but then they still want to do it their way and have the white characters in there to make it sell and it's just like I, I wanted to be like oh that the play the um producer is like one dimensional and he's like written as a character but like as I was watching it I was like that's just like what I want to believe but like I can hear people saying that and I'm like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah, th- thinking that, yeah, it is a bit over the top, but it's, it's actually not at all. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. 
And it's like how he just like tries to angle it like he's not saying anything wrong because he's talking about the play and he's talking about the business of it. And it's like... Yeah, you're the problem. Yeah, you're the problem. (laughs) I want to ask, so this film is based on Rada. I think she said in an interview that it's like 65% her. But she uses her name in the film. That's pretty mad. Like, what, do you know anything about her, that choice? Yeah, I think, um, I think the fact that it was so linked to herself, I think she really wanted to have ownership over the sorts of projects that she was willing to do. And she had pressures from her agents or from, you know, people that she'd worked with to, you know, for the sort of material that she needed to make. And I think linking this so heavily to herself as like a separate entity, as a movie, like this is the type of thing that I want to write. But linking it really heavily to herself, I think also just gave her that power over her own story and saying like, I don't, I'm going to do what I want to do. And this movie has opened doors for her like that, but also the movie is showing her kind of taking that journey and, and, um, and adapting and growing. So I feel like that is just from little things that I've read what I kind of gather the decision was, but that's that's not all Rada's words. Those are lots of my words as well. That makes sense. That's quite clever, really. When she was doing rapping in Harlem, she did use the stage name Radimus Prime. <laughs> so it's only right that she featured that in the movie. I loved all of the personal ins- inserts with the pictures. Well, are the pictures from her family or are they just archive stuff? So she did feature her mother's uh, art in the movie um, and she did actually lose her mother in the wake of having some success with a a play that she had which opened in Harlem in 2011. And then some of the music in it is her father's music. He was in a jazz band, he was a drummer. Yeah, and then her real brother features in the movie. Um, Some of her friends are, are also in it as well. I guess it's like her love letter to the last couple of years of her sort of experience in, in, in the world. I only clocked it once, but in this movie, this is like the flea bagification of the industry. Yeah. <laughs> there was a moment right after she's speaking with Jay Whitman, who is, I guess he's like, he's not a playwright, he's just like a theatre producer. She puts his hands, her hands on his neck and then she's like crying in her room. And it's the first time that we get to see her rapping um, to herself, looking like directly into the mirror. And then right after she says, like, this is 40, you, like, feel her kind of, like, have a little moment of, like, wow. And then she looks directly at the camera. And I just wondered what you guys thought that meant, why that was there. Oh, it's on. Yeah. And there were a few other moments like that. She did look at the camera a few other times. I think when she was, like, getting it on with D, there was definitely a time when she was with him. There was another time, Daffo. It was always a good thing, I think, when she looked at the camera maybe it's like every moment that she started to find herself again (laughs) she would find the camera and look at herself and look at us I love that because she's created this Rada character and there are definitely things that she you know has said and hasn't said and would say and wouldn't say but it's like every time that she throws that look it's like her connecting with the real life Rada and being like yeah, this was a this was a moment because after that, I love it when she's chatting um, the in the very next scene with uh, Archie, her friend, who's played by Peter Kim, 
and he's kind of like you're crazy but for the first time in the film uh she's she's kind of acting in a strange way um but you've never felt more connected to her or more like psyched for her and she's just like joining up all these dots and then sees the other white guy with the big butt and it's like (laughs) everything just starts (laughs) to fall into place and I love that yeah I love the the contradiction of like the chaos of her actions but actually the the like the drive of the film at that point Another really cool thing about this movie, which I haven't seen, the only other film I can think that I've seen them do this is um, in like Mean Girls, but there there must be others. But it's like that B-roll thing that they do where they interact with the other characters in the world and they just get their view on different parts of the movie, like as you're filtering through. And I just wonder what what you thought that brought. Well, that's why when I watched the first time and what I mentioned earlier, so some of the some of the characters initially i i feel like are very one dimensional and a little bit hammy and i made me cringe a little bit the first time i was watching it namely the kids and the the um artistic guy that she really looks up to i just thought there wasn't they were very like stereotypical and yeah. But, but I'm saying that now because when I watched it the second time, I warmed to them a lot more. I, I do hear you and I kind of do relate and I think, oh, they're sort of a bit one dimensional. But on the second watch, what I kind of thought was that the whole film and the whole story is so from Rada's perspective that you don't need to dive into other people and the other sides of them because it's all it's all from her view and she's like this is how these things have stopped me or they've pushed me you can still sort of dive into those other people and give them that thing but maybe you don't need to because it's so it's so her it's the 40 year old version it's like this woman who's like I'm not going to give you your time of day I'm not going to give you your little moment or your justification these kids when they are just constantly like fighting each other in the classroom like I'm not going to make it seem like it's anything else because yeah I get it they could have their reasons for whatever but it's like let's just see how this is like interrupting her day and interrupting her moment and there's something about that which is like selfish but it's like correct for this like it just is is like cool for this film with you saying that I do agree and that does make sense but what doesn't make sense to me now is if if that was the case then the like side plot of two of the two of the kids in the classes that that end up liking each other they're both girls and they and, and like that relationship like that's quite a random side plot now thinking about it i really enjoyed it but i don't know what like the immediate relevance was of that maybe that is someone who's come in and wanted to do a pass at the script and gone like so why, why, when are we going to tie up these characters? Like, I get it. It's your story and da, da, da. But like, what's the meaning of this? Like, can you just give us a little... And I, I can kind of imagine that conversation of her just being like, okay, fine, like, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Or, But it's interesting that it, it is part a little part of it that does feel either rushed or unfinished because you've not really dip, dive into that too much. And then all of a sudden you're like tying up the ending in like quite a dramatic twist of events. I just remembered something. 
it started as a web series. That's true. This did start as a web series. Um, and the sort of like idea around it was that it would be 10 episodes. And if you got to the end of the 10 episodes, then like you would get her mixtape. Um, and... That's so funny, I didn't know that. Yeah, it eventually transitioned into um, a movie. Uh, Rada has sort of spoken about how television was quite lucrative. She did some writing for Fox's Empire and then she also did some writing on She's Gotta Have It, which is also on Netflix. Um, And she spoke about that being like just a great opportunity and like she could, um, she could get a house and like, you know, she was in like a great position, Uh, but she wanted to create something which was like whole and full and like completely her own. I don't know why it transitioned from a web series to a movie, um, but perhaps it's like that kind of like prestige, like she wanted to make something which was like, yeah, that this deserved, you know, like it, it, she didn't, yeah, you know, a web series might get lost, but like making a movie is like, there's something about that, which is like, yeah, it's whole and complete and it's like special. I couldn't imagine this as episodic. And then it went up for awards and I, and it's kind of a bit more prestigious to get a film award. I think everyone, you know, views it differently. I think that there's just like movies are, it's a much long, it's a, um, they've been like an art form for longer than like a web series. So there's like just, it's prestigious in that sense that it's just like been around longer, you know. Um, uh but she, yeah, she did. She got nominated for a BAFTA, Leading Actress BAFTA. And then she also, she picked up a director award at Sundance. I, it's not Best Director, but it was something, like one of their partnerships. Um, and she picked up an award at Sundance, which is really, really cool. Especially for her, like, debut. This is like her debut feature. So it's exciting. I don't know anyone who's seen this film, by the way, girls. I What the hell? I know. That's why it's so good to to highlight it. It's just not one that's been viewed that much, I don't think. I don't know if this happens to you. I try and say in like a conversational setting, like, have you seen the 40-year-old version? And people always think I'm saying the 40-year-old virgin because it's like such a play on that movie. And I have to be, and they go, yeah. And I go, I just want to make sure that you know, <laughs> I'm saying the 40-year-old version. <laughs> and then it's usually like, no, I've not seen that. And you're like, oh, you should watch it. <laughs> So in terms of the look of this movie and the way that it's shot, it's like totally black and white and shot on 35 mil. Yeah, I mean, the only other black and white film that we've watched was filmed in the 60s. What did you think about that? You don't have many films that are set now that are in black and white. So it interested me at first and then and you, then you just go with it. But I do actually think that this film would also be so good in colour. Do you have some information from Rada on this? Yeah, so um, Rada has said um, that she wanted to make this film with respect to all of the New York artists who have inspired her. And so many of them shoot on black and white 35mm film. Um, But she wanted it obviously to be from her point of view, uh, which is rare. And it's like made a completely unique movie. Um, When she met with the cinematographer, Eric Branco, 
um, he showed up to the interview with a bag full of these street photography books. Um, some of the photographers, Bruce Davidson, Matt Weber, Sol Lita, Gordon Parks, Henry Cartier-Bresson. Um, and uh, the two of them kind of just like looked through them and like I've just like found it very like nostalgic just kind of to look at these photos and like knew that that was a direction that they wanted to take. And Sol Lita... Um, does do unsaturated imagery but then he grabs color in a really interesting way and like lots of his photos have like the bright red taxi or it's like a raining window and like someone outside has like a red umbrella or something like that and there was parts of that that those photographs that I also was like huh it's interesting that they did just go solely black and white and most of the artists do shoot solely black and white but yeah there's like a couple of the references definitely did have have um color in so it was still a decision that they they you know had to make um yeah I don't know what you think Hannah I I love all of those photographers I studied photography and shot a lot of 35 black and white film but what's weird is when I started watching a lot of film when I started working in film I didn't really like black and white film for contemporary films because my pre-exposure to that was always films that were really low budget and sometimes they didn't like they weren't great films so I just in my mind had that in my mind that oh well people will use that as a tool when they're low budget and I don't even know what I watch now but what a bad example that I had because I think there's so much like texture and depth that you can get in black and white that like the lighthouse and Roma is amazing I think this is this is great as well um but what I was gonna say was did you notice that it's not black and white all the way through yeah that's true is it her mum's photography that's in color then and is it the so like when it was like the two actors and then they'll be like and then it's like a white girl comes in oh that's true that was in color i wasn't even gonna say that i was gonna say the last shot Mm. of them walking away from the camera you know the the last shot is that in color that was color and they were, I did not notice that was in colour. It was in colour. But isn't that amazing? I, I think, like, whenever you use a tool like that, it clearly just enhances the film because you don't find it jarring or, like, you don't fully notice it. We're awoken by these, like, little moments of colour, but, like, it wasn't distracting. That's so clever. Like, subtle enough to make you feel something without realising. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today isn't it now it's time for in In the the club Club. now it's time for in the club a new feature on the podcast where we like to hear from you our frank film club members before our recordings we'll be asking you on our instagram page to reach out and share your thoughts and ask your burning questions so if you want to get involved in the next episode then go and follow at frank film club now and keep an eye out for our call outs and you could hear your own question come up first up we have a question from Shah Filer who asks, how much of this is true? There are moments of this that are true. 
uh, or she did go to like a rap club and sort of gets very inspired. That did actually happen. And she speaks very fondly about those memories. I think she actually was in a 30 under 30 as well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think she had like a lot of success with a yeah piece of work previously. And then, yeah, was 30 under 30. And then, yeah, there's, there's lots of elements. Yeah. And I feel the whole struggle that like throughout the film is is true I well yeah I'm presuming so yeah I'm sure that she's had very similar conversations to like the theater director like when she's kind of in the room defending her work or like herself as a writer well I actually looked into this a little bit after we had our conversation about the film overall I wanted to see what she had commented on so I've got a little quote for you I really was just trying to tell my story and my encounters with white gatekeepers who are prioritizing the needs of their silver-haired patrons <gasps> so she, she said that she really wanted to talk about diversifying theater for audiences and that was why that element was in there yeah and like the way the way that she wrote it I sometimes felt a bit on the nose but I don't think it actually is I think that's how how bad it is. I know, because when something... We're coming up shortly, we're watching a film called Promising Young Woman. But in that, because I can relate to this white woman and her encounters with men, I don't, didn't see any of those interactions as being, um, like, over the top or false. Whereas I immediately wanted to believe that the char- the white characters that Rada had written were like heightened versions, but I they're not. They're no. not either. And it's like such a white guilt way of looking at it and being like, ha, 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 it's not that bad, right, guys? But it yeah. is, and it's the same in Promising Young Women. Like, it is that bad, and, like, it needs to be taken seriously, even if we're shedding, like a, like, a joke or a light on it. It's, like, it's bad. So I just think about when I watch watch films like that, which does show anything against women with a man, and I, you almost can feel them rolling their eyes at it. You're like, no, <laughs> like trust me, this is real. Like this is real. So it's not over the top. Yeah, it's how it is. It is how it is. So our next question, Mavanway makes is asking, have you ever seen a white man with an ass that fat? <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great question. It is is a great question. It really makes you think, doesn't it? It really does. (laughs) Thought-provoking, visceral question. No, I don't think I have. Not that fat. (laughs) Because that was really fat. (laughs) I love it when she sees two in one day. (laughs) Don't know. The next question we've got is from Beth Pow, and she asks, a lot of people haven't heard of this film, so why do Netflix make and then not highlight these amazing films? That's such a good point. Well, Rada even got nominated for a BAFTA, and still not many people know about this film, which is mad. I don't know, it's something about, I don't know how it actually works at Netflix, but I do know that shows get cancelled because they don't, get enough new subscribers so it's not even about if you've got a subscription and you watch it 
is about whether or not a new person signs up to Netflix just to watch that show. It's a bit different with the films, obviously, because they don't do the big build-up the same way. And I feel like the Netflix deal isn't necessary. But it's a Netflix original, right? Yeah, so that's so weird. Yeah, it's really weird. I just think that that's... you When you go to Netflix, the layout will draw you to certain things. And if you haven't heard anybody recommend this film or somebody hasn't spoken about it, you wouldn't really find it. Like, how would you find it? You'd have to search it. Um, there's this there's a documentary on Netflix, but it's not talking about Netflix, but it's called Coded Bias. And it's about algorithms and how we are being shown things that we like. So then it's, you know, all the stuff that happened with the election and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, with... like an echo chamber. Yeah, and Netflix does that as well because it shows you the stuff that you're interested in at the top and all the things that are like the top 10 in your country. And then other than that, think of all the content that's on Netflix. It's like hidden away somewhere. I mean, it's there, but it's difficult. They also like change their advertising pictures depending on different accounts. So since I've watched all of The Queen's Gambit, now whenever I look at Peaky Blinders, it's got a picture of Anya Taylor-Joy because she's in the... Oh, oh, I see what you mean. I didn't get what you meant there. Oh, they've literally changed the photos. Because like it used to be a picture of Tommy Shelby of um, Killian Murphy, but then now it's a picture of Anya because they like, you've watched The Queen's Gambit, watch this. No way. So it'll be like, you like Anya. It's blown my tiny brain a little bit. Thank you so much for all of your questions. Um, And if you liked this section, then make sure you get involved next episode. So just to finish, what are some of your final thoughts, guys? This is a great film. It's so annoying that more people haven't seen it and know about it because the the themes in it are are so important. And also it's just really entertaining to watch. It's got a great soundtrack. Um, and it's a really well put together film yeah agreed I definitely I'm really glad that we're doing it on film club and I really hope that more people go and watch it if they haven't done already Mm. Um, and more of this more older women and uh, like in the lead roles and more stories that are really really different please yeah completely agree I think while watching it I had a really good time but since chatting with you guys about it I'm just like remembering so many funny moments and it's really fun to be watching it with you guys so the more people who can watch it with their friends and like recommend people to watch it it's a great movie to watch but also chat about so yeah good good pick from me (laughs) (laughs) really good what my life picking all the good ones Hi everyone, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Frank Film Club, I hope you enjoyed. Next week we're going to be speaking about Promising Young Woman that was directed by Emerald Fennell and came out in 2020, last year. Um, This one divides a few opinions and I can't wait to speak about it, so make sure you go and watch, it's on Now TV, Sky and Amazon Prime and Join in the club. Come and follow us on Instagram. We're at Frank Film Club. Let us know what you think about the film and join us back here next Wednesday for more Frank Film Club. See you then.
This podcast was presented by Wrapped.